0: Two guys, two topics, two opinions, two, talk. give me two. This is the split story of the day on 97.5, 1280
1: The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Ingles, three, good, they went under, Joe made a pay, you cannot go under on Joe Ingles. Clarkson driving, cut off, hands to go, packed it, packed it with a little zest, 4.8 seconds left. Spot Donovan, got 31. Working on Van Vliet, they bring a double, rotate to O'Neal, over to Clarkson, down into the free-throw line of favors, back to O'Neal, wide open, left side three, rolls, Royce! Oh, with a little elegance! Clarkson gets lobbed up top, guarded by Van Vliet, 31 seconds left, 12 in the shot clock. Jordan, hard drive, right side, to the basket, fades, shoots, misses, Gobert diving to the basket, tipped it up and in! Rudy Gobert in a full-out dive it up and in Van fleet he fires a three he misses o'neill rebounds and the jazz will
0: win jazz get the hard-fought win over the toronto raptors 106 102 on what was that saturday uh i actually had the privilege to produce the radio broadcast that night pk and it was it's funny because i'm i'm here every day producing behind the glass for a radio show But then the broadcast is like a completely different animal, and I feel like I've never done it before, even though I've done it probably 40, 50, 60 times. Uh, But it was so much fun to hear the difference in the sound inside this building compared to the rest of the the season because they were up to 6,900 people that they let in uh, to the arena on Saturday. That's good news for those who feel that home court advantage means something in the playoffs. I don't know if it does this season, but the Jazz – had a lot of, in my opinion, a lot of opportunities for built-in excuses or reasons to fold and, and lose that game to Toronto on, on Saturday PK. And they fought through it. They fought tough. Bojan Bogdanovich had a really good game. Jordan Clarkson was giving you some good stuff again. And Rudy Gobert was all over the place. Joe Ingles, your guy, he looks like he, looks like he needs a nap in the absolute worst way, and yet he simultaneously is playing solid, consistent basketball for the Utah Jazz. I don't know how you felt about that game, PK. It is the Toronto Raptors who are uh, a second away from being eliminated from the uh, playoff playing tournament. But uh, with four games and six nights and the way things have been going, I was impressed with the Jazz not giving up in that game and and fighting to get that win.
1: Uh, Yeah, but I expect that. That's minimal for me. You better try hard that's what I expect. So uh, if you want to pat them on the back for that, that's fine. But that's what you should be doing every game. I thought the defensive effort in the second half was as good as I've seen it in a good while. I really appreciated their defensive effort in locking down the Kyle Lowry-less Raptors. So, uh, And I realize the Jazz are without two guys, but that's a nice uh, opportunity for the Jazz to get a victory, and they did that. The great thing about it, is that in a basketball team and you know, really any type of company or whatever group, there's a pecking order, right? You've got your leaders, and then everybody fills in and does his or her role and whatever the thing is. Well, they've got some real good guys to be able to do that, and so Mitchell and Conley are out. So Bogdanovich needs to, instead of being a second or third scorer, he needs to be the first scorer, and he was. And, of course, Rudy, as long as Rudy's there, he's always going to be doing what he does and just being a just so difficult down below and getting to the basket with him defensively. We already know that, and the winning that he produces, that's there, and that's a great thing to have. But everybody needs to raise their game a little bit more, and they did that. Bogdanovich, he was in a slump earlier this season. Now he's starting to make some shots, and in the process, driving the ball to the basket, don't just put your head down and run through people. If you got a lane, go ahead and take advantage of it. If you can post somebody up, but don't do it recklessly if it's not there. Mm. And so everybody moved up uh, a peg or two, and that was good to see. And you even get a kid like Forge who hasn't played much, uh, move up and do a thing and make a contribution to the game and to the victory. And that's nice because I'm not so sure at this point now that I'm caught up in the seeding When it comes to health, there's no question I'm going health now that we're right at the end. It's important for this team to have its health. Obviously, every team can say that, who's going to be in the postseason. But particularly the Jazz, who've had a phenomenal regular season, it's most important to have their health. Now, with that in mind, though, you don't want to just totally crash and burn going into the postseason because – you have enough talent to beat some of these teams. Now, you don't have enough talent to beat the Suns at the Suns' full strength, essentially, minus Jay Crowder, if you don't have Conley and Mitchell. All right, we understand that. But there's no reason why you don't have enough talent to beat that version of the Kings that were out there, why you don't have enough talent to beat that version of the Raptors, why you don't have enough talent to beat the Spurs, who last night were in the Uh, San Antonio and went into overtime and have to fly out here and all that stuff. So you should be able to win some of these games with the guys that you have. You're not going to beat the top teams unless you have all your guys. Then you got a shot. Everybody needs to step up, and I saw that, and I think that was what's been encouraging minus that Phoenix game because that was a bad game right from the start. But the Raptor game, have everybody move up a level or two, and they did that.
0: Let's talk about Bojan Bogdanovic because there's been plenty of weeping and wailing and gnashing of teeth this season about his play. There's some that have said, oh, he must not be all the way back from that wrist injury. Others have have had flats given up on him and said he can't play anymore. And then you see him, as you mentioned, as you noted over the last uh, four or five games without Donovan Mitchell, he's averaging 23 points. Uh, In that game against Toronto, 34 points, 6 of 11 from 3, an effective field goal percentage of just under 70, and uh, his last three games, 24, 22, and 34 points, all while shooting the ball really, really well, and getting to the free throw line. What is, why, why why the change for Bogdanovich now that there's no Donovan and Mike Conley? Is it simply that he's getting the ball more? What do you think?
1: Yeah, he talked about that, how he's going to have more touches, as they say. I think that he knew for a while there the shot wasn't falling, so how can I contribute? Everybody wants to contribute. It doesn't matter what team, what company. Everybody wants to feel like when their work day is over or when their game is over, they made some type of contribution. Obviously, a Donovan Mitchell and a Gobert. Are going to be required to win at the highest level. You're going to get. You're going to need major contributions. So with those guys playing so well earlier, he wasn't in terms of making shots. And we saw him. What What can I do? The shooting, by his own acknowledgement, was the worst slump he's ever been in. And he's a 33 year old guy. I think maybe maybe a year or two younger. 31. I'm not sure. But he is a known shooter. And what he's best at, it wasn't happening. Well, he's got other skills too just doesn't need to stand at the three-point line. And so he obviously thought, all right, until this shot comes back, which I believe he believed it would, and it has. he's too good, too many years to have it just go away forever. Right. Not happening. So figured out other ways to contribute. And you know, he's got decent size. And as long as he's not reckless uh, going into the lane mm-hmm. and not getting the ball stripped and whatnot, and be more cognizant of that, just to put your head down and barrel through you're not a fullback trying to get a first down here. <laughs> you know, you have to have some uh, opportunity to get some space, and you can do it, and you can get your shot up. And you've got enough cred in the league that you're going to get the foul. I mean, we can say, oh, foul's a foul. Ref should uh, referee honestly and evenly. You know, I understand all that, and I think they try to. But somebody who's a veteran guy that they're aware of is going to get the, more, the benefit of the doubt. Zion Williamson was talking about the other night that very thing. you know. He's only in his second year. The respect will come and he'll find himself at the free throw line more as he gets older. And he will because referees will anticipate what he's doing. So Bogdanovich has got a decent rep on a good team and he's putting the ball on the floor so obviously he's able to score that way. If he doesn't score, the chances of getting to the free throw line are much better and you want him at the free throw line. It's like free points because he's a really good free throw shooter. So one of the things that we've seen in this last, what would you say, I don't know, last quarter of the season maybe, is to see him do some other things, which I think is really going to benefit himself individually and the team when we get to the postseason.
0: Yeah, is it too simple? Because th- some of those things that he tried, you've, you touched on there, where he had turned the ball over at an extremely high rate. It seemed like every time he didn't shoot – He was passing it to the other team there for a stretch of games recently. And I'm obviously exaggerating, but that's how it felt. But then when you see him do something like he did on Saturday, where he gets his points, gets his shots, and still dishes more assists than turnovers, then that's exactly what you need out of Boyan Bogdanovich. So is it too simple to say... That it's just now that without Donnelly, or Donnelly, we'll call them Donley, without Donovan <laughs> and Conley, without Donnelly, the duo there, is it, is it him getting 22 shots instead of 18 shots? Is it really that much of a difference that he's getting? And maybe it's the fact that he's getting those shots sooner to start a game, and that makes a difference for him. I don't know. Or maybe he's just... Turned a corner finally, where he's got over some kind of mental block that he was dealing with. I'm not sure. I think
1: that I think it's more the latter, is that he's feeling more comfortable. Certainly, he's getting more opportunities. He knows now for the Jazz to win with this lineup, he's going to have to be the primary scorer, right? Because yeah. you're losing your best scorer, and you're losing a very very good complementary player in uh, Mike. Uh, what would it be? Monley, I guess. <laughs> okay. But we win. <laughs> <laughs> so. well,
0: but is there concern inherent in that, that when those guys come back, that Bogdanovich might slip back into not shooting so well?
1: No. Okay. I don't have it, no, because I think he's regained his confidence because he's been able to score in the past when those guys have been out on the floor. So I think he's regained his perimeter confidence. I'd love, right now, one of the things I saw earlier in the season that uh, he gets the ball on either corner, right? And he's in either corner, and somebody comes flying at him, and he just does a little, just a baby fake, basically. And and the defender just goes, practically goes in the tunnel. (laughs) And then he slide steps and just has a wide-open three. It's slick. And I expect him to make that. Just about every time. I mean, I'm, I'm talking 75% of the time I expect that ball to go in. I expect it to go in every time, but it's probably going to go in at such a high level because he's wide open. He can take his time. He's a great shooter. So that has been restored. Plus, he's got confidence now. He should anyway, and I believe he does, to take the ball to the basket. And when we get into postseason – and nobody cares who's scoring what. All you're caring about is finding a way in each individual series to get to four before the other team does, and that's all that matters. You, you, all these guys are getting obscene money. You've gotten glory, uh, everything, and, and you got – and the good thing about it is Bogdanovich is an older player, so he's not looking for claim or a fame, of, uh, any, any form of fame, none of that stuff. Doesn't matter. He just wants to win. And if you listen to him on the walk-off interview that he did uh, last uh, Saturday, he said, "I I want these guys back." Yeah, he wants them back as much as because so at this point now in his individual career, he's made a ton of money. It's about winning, and if he can find a win a title, then that will really just cap off everything.
0: So mentioning that that unless the last thing we'll touch on in this segment. Given health, which we all, we all see the problems that uh, appear for the Jazz when they are missing Donnelly, as, as I dubbed them earlier, or someone <laughs> else of that, of that ilk. Given that, let's say they start the postseason fully healthy. What does Patrick Kinahan believe is the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West and possibly the whole thing this year?
1: A team-wide shooting slump. You you got me. We've got health, right? Yeah, you got health. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so the shooters can't make threes. Other than that, wow! If they've got their health, I believe they're right there. I don't know that they're going to win it. And I, the way I look at it is, get to the conference final and win that. I don't worry about winning the title because you let the let the Eastern Conference take care of itself. Mm-hmm. If you can't get to the finals, no worry, no need to worry about winning it. Yep. So, A, get to the conference final. B, once you're there, win it, right? And as I look at it right now, and it's crazy, man, because it's so competitive. You know, teams that you're expecting to do well, they're slumping. We just t- touched on the Lakers. Teams that you thought would go down, the Nuggets, they've only won 9 out of 10 without Jamal Murray. And uh, on Saturday night, they beat the Clippers who had Kawhi Leonard back and had Paul Paul George had a terrible shooting game, uh, and but did they still won? You know, when you got a just a magnificent talent like the Yoke Man, I like to call him Jokic, and <laughs> uh, you're you got a shot. So uh, I can't bury them. And the Suns, the Suns are such a great mystery. What a phenomenal out of the blue regular season! If I would have told you that with three weeks to go in a season, the Jazz were number two. You would say, okay. In fact, that's what I picked. It. I said that earlier in the, our preseason predictions with DJ. Sure. If they play to the level of their capability, they can get the two seed. Now, did I expect the Suns to get the number one seed? Absolutely not, I believe man. you said the Wolves. This is so out didn't of the you, blue.
0: Didn't you say Minnesota would have the one seed?
1: Uh, I maybe the I, I think the twins with sweet music, Frankie Viola and Ken, Ken Herbeck and <laughs> yeah. and uh, Kirby, Puckett Kirby Puckett and Dan Gladden and Jack Morris Paul throwing Mulleter. seventeen innings. Yeah, yeah. And who was uh, who was the third baseman they had? They had a third baseman. Coomer?
0: No, uh, I don't. It was know.
1: A with a G. Ga- that G. a G. So. Gradkowski. Nope. I don't remember. Like Gagney or something like that. Yeah. So I believed uh the, Lakers the Jazz probably, yeah. finishing second. Uh, probably the Lakers, all things being considered, although I still think the Clippers are going to be a threat. Mm-hmm. But the Suns, the point I'm making, the Suns, just no way. Get out of town. Yet here they are. That's a great, great story. If you like it to where you can build to the draft and make one – Acquisition of an aging point guard and away you go. Yeah, I mean, you, you who who likes it when? Oh, let's see. Durant goes to the Warriors, or LeBron and Anthony Davis go there, and Davis weasels his way there, hmm. and now Durant goes to Brooklyn. Nobody really likes that. Well, I get it. You want the Jazz to win, but if you don't, if the Jazz don't win, man, I would think you would look at the Suns because they're doing things. They finally got it together, and here we are. That's a great, great story. So it makes for an interesting race. But I still believe if the Jazz are healthy and guys are playing the way they're capable of, making their threes, they're going to be a tough out.
0: So you say a team-wide shooting slump. I would uh, agree with that. But I also think that maybe my one thing that I'd put in there is when Gobert is on that bench, the defense is like nowhere near the league average. Just yeah, get, just get okay. Do? Just get okay on defense without Gobert. Just Okay. You don't have to be. You don't have to be great. You, if you even just match baskets while Gobert is on the bench, then that's an improvement over giving up fourteen points.
1: You know what I'm saying? But there? he is the great uh, zit cream. He <laughs> covers up every freaking blemish, man. He's a coverall. I got gotcha. you. Yeah. Instead of uh, yeah, when I was a kid, man, I used to buy Clearasil by the case. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Huh. I had to allow 15 minutes extra in the bathroom every morning. Gross. Uh,
0: so, <laughs> and that was that was before you put the acne c- stuff on. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you.
1: So, <laughs> it, there's going to be a drop off. I mean, what? What sure, else would you no,
0: expect? But that the the chasm.
1: I I expect yeah, a
0: drop off, but a huge no, chasm. No, Okay, but you
1: got to look at the way this team was constructed. We've got the ultimate defender. Right? How can we go about finding ways to win basketball games? Well, let's see. We've been on the forefront of the three-point shooting, right? So let's get as many great, well above average three-point shooters and pay them pretty doggone good money. All right. So who's left? What? George Yang is in the rotation on a great team. Why? Because if you leave him open, it's going down. Yeah, yeah. Now you want him to be, name your star wing defender, Michael Jordan, Scottie Pippen, you want him to be that too? Well, Actually, that's
0: uh, George has really improved his defensive game as well. I'm, I'm talking yeah. more specifically about a guy that we all love and respect that's making $9 million as a backup center, and he looks like he's not all the way 100% in Derek Favors. The big drop-off when Gobert comes out and Favors goes in on defense okay. has been eye-opening to me.
1: But if, if there was not much of a drop-off, Favors would be starting for the Warriors.
0: So you're saying it's more that Gobert is that, is that great that no matter who comes in in that second rotation, it's going to be as big of a chasm as we're seeing.
1: Well, with a salary cap deal, are you going to find a backup center better than Derek Favors? Who you got? If you're looking for a defensive guy, you know, if you want to go the five out, you got me. You know, put in uh, Ilyasova, for that matter. <laughs> Obviously, he's a better three point shooter yeah. than Derek has ever been. Right? We understand that. Uh, there was a
0: guy that played for the Raptors over the weekend. Uh, was it was Chug. What's his last? What's his uh, name? He got he got waived by the Magic. Uh, Birch, thank you, Brian. Birch came in, uh, got waved by the Maver or the Magic. The Raptors picked him up for well, essentially nothing. And if he was, he was John Birch, was, I might consider it. <laughs> he was
1: balling on Saturday against Derek Favors. Uh, what are you going to do? I mean, you're going to put in somebody, uh, bring in somebody. I mean, they they don't want to mess with the chemistry here. It's been sensational. So I get it. You 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 can't have studs all every position and favors you know he's somewhat limited in his his body hasn't been the most cooperative and he's not necessarily right. the high flyer right but when you're looking for a backup center i'm not sure especially somebody who wants to be here and knows the system when you tell favors Derek, we need you to do this. He just nods and says yes because he already knows it. He's been doing it in this uh, this team for years. Especially
0: in a postseason series. That's where I'll give that to you, PK, is when you get into a seven-game series, you will not see a better backup center in the playoffs than Derek Favors. You're not going to see anything better than that in the postseason. Where we disagree is what he's been doing in the regular season. Maybe he's saving it. I don't know. I'm just saying you said the one thing standing between the Jazz and winning the West is a team wide shooting slump, and if I can't copy you, I might look at that defense when Gobert's on the bench. That's all. And I don't mean to pick on just favors, but it's there's a big, huge chasm between what they get with and without Gobert, and that is in a large part because Gobert is so great.
1: But you gotta be okay even when yeah, he's but getting I mean, a breath. That's like going from the morning show to the midday show. It's not fair for those guys. I figure they're listening. Just kidding. I don't know if they listen to this show. I
0: don't know. Actually, I know Hans does. I'm just kidding, Scotty. All right. PK, uh, let's talk briefly. I went so I waxed poetic in that first segment. I apologize. We've got just a few minutes here. But BYU with a great uh, return on investment in the NFL draft over the weekend. Everyone, of course, knew and saw about Zach Wilson going two overall to the Jets. Brady Christensen, I thought, slid further than he should have. I think he was a steal uh, in that uh, where, he, where he got drafted. But, the, but BYU with their best draft and free agent signing class since, what was it, 2002? What were your takeaways from a weekend that the Cougars all went pro?
1: Well, they had a good team. And that team you referenced is the 2001 season, and when they're 12 and two, and they had five guys drafted, and obviously others on a free agent deal, and so this is what it, what happens. You have a good team, NFL's are going to come for your guys. We've seen it here in Salt Lake with the Utes for many, many years, right? I mean, when they draft nine guys there uh, last, uh, not last, not the slat not yeah, last year. I mean, they were just so good, and so here, that's what we expected. You could argue you would have thought some guys would have gone higher, but nevertheless, you went, and the other guys still get an opportunity. There's plenty of free agents who make rosters and end up in pro bowls and all that stuff. So yeah, good for those guys. It's what they work for.
0: So five guys selected, seven more signed free agent deals. Yeah. Uh, I, I thought uh, Kyrus Tonga. I was surprised he wasn't drafted till the seventh round, but like you said, he's there. Of all those BYU Cougars that that uh, went to the NFL over the weekend. Who do you think has the best shot at a longest, best career at this next level?
1: Zach Wilson.
0: Really? Because I'd go with uh, Brady Brady Christensen myself. Tell me why Zach.
1: Because I think that he's a star in the making. Wow. I think he has everything he needs. Look at the way he handled himself. All this attention coming his way. His mother out there, out in front. He just rolls with it, handles it. Somebody, they brought up his mother. On some interviews he did. Yeah, I mean, they do You know, who cares about that stuff? But the way the point I'm making is the way he handles it. I mean, people say, well, he's going to go to New York and New Jersey there, and they're hard on guys. Sure, sure they are. But if you win, man, you're also the toast of the town.
0: That's my fear is he, he might be great, but he may not have anything around him to be able to capitalize on being great. Kind of like ah. Mahomes in the Super Bowl. It was like one guy against 11.
1: Yeah, but I have no idea what the Jets are going to be like in five years.
0: True. Yeah, so, no one does. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I can't say that. Uh, I, I've i been following this kid for many years, uh, so I think he has an opportunity to be really good. I also like Matt Bushman. Okay. I think Bushman, clearly, if he would have been healthy and not had a major injury, was going to be uh, very, very good. And he would have been drafted, and we had on Aaron Roderick this morning, the offensive coordinator of BYU, and he shared with us that John Gruden was Chad Lewis's tight end coach with the Eagles, so he's his position coach. Well, for folks that don't know, Matt Bushman married Chad Lewis's daughter, so that's his son-in-law, so there had to have been some kind of connection there, Uh, and Chad Lewis obviously was a very good player, and... You're going to get his opinion and all that. And Aaron was saying that when Gruden was earlier with the Raiders, he had drafted Doug Jolly and BYU, you know, they've been known for having a lot of good tight ends. In fact, usually when they have good seasons, they have good tight ends. Uh, And that's the fact. And so those tight ends, it's like, if you're, if you're a good tight end at BYU, you're probably an NFL player, just like, now I could spread it out to Utah. If you're a good defensive player or running back or offensive line, you're probably an NFL player. and by good, I'm talking about high high level all conference type players. be way you can't get all conference right now, obviously, but and we've been known they've been known for putting a number of tight ends in the league. So Bushman who went undrafted, but I think that was uh, circumstantial uh, because of the injury and he didn't get out on the field this past season. So I think he has an opportunity to stick. And then the other guys, man, you, you don't – Dax Mill? Am I going to doubt him? I've doubted him every step of the way. Why wouldn't I doubt him now? <laughs> and he's overcome all that doubt. So who's to say he can't do it, right? We'll have to see how it works out. Uh, what the, the, the great thing about it is they all got shots. Yeah.
0: And, and I think a guy like Brady Christensen may have the best shot just okay, being fine. an offensive line guy. Just numbers just how things work in the NFL, you you might have a longer shot. You, you might stick well. around longer at that position.
1: Okay, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously you need offensive linemen. You need guys who know what they're doing. Even if they're not starting, they've got to be smart and they've got to be ready to go. If, uh, if and when they get that opportunity, the opportunity is probably going to come at some point if you're on a roster for more than a couple of years and you're drafted what round did he go in again to refresh my memory
0: uh Brady Christian I think the third second second round no third round third no, round no he didn't go yeah. second I know third he round was he
1: was second third round uh, that's right uh, early Carolina. Third. yep 50th well, pick I think s- with uh Sam Darnold uh we'll see yeah was that what he was he was the wouldn't 50th have been the pick?
0: 50th that would have been second round right so what
1: yeah that's that's why it was third
0: uh, round I I'll have to check it for sure what what pick he was, but it, it was, was the third the round, seventieth pick, seventieth. That makes sense.
1: Uh, and that guy was what was he a one or two star coming out of high school?
0: Yeah, yep. And stayed local because that was where he got the attention. <laughs> no one else was really interested. And then he sure proved a lot of people wrong that should have been interested. And yeah. he leaves early, and that that's rare to see a guy leave early, especially when he comes out of high school and nobody essentially. That's pretty cool. It was a good weekend for BYU. And I know Ute fans are all upset about it, but look, you've, Utah fans have had their NFL celebrations for years and years and years. BYU had a good weekend, and you got to tip your cap and, and think it's pretty cool for a program that decided to play when most of the country, including Utah's conference, said, no, we're not going to play. Yeah, and then they ended up no playing. had
1: no choice in that. And that sure. That, that was a disaster. I think what you're trying to say here, Austin— is that it was obvious if BYU would have played Utah this past season, BYU would have won. I think that's where you're going with this.
0: I think that that's uh, what I uh, heard on Lockdown Cougars recently. Uh, but I, I could be mistaken about that. No,
1: it's clear that's what you're saying. I get it. I understand <laughs> what you're saying. I'm with you on that. If you if you want to believe that they would have won, they would have beat the Utes and end the <laughs> nine-game winning streak, I'm I, okay with that. I found it, it really, for you.
0: I found it really funny on either Wednesday or Thursday – Uh, that Utah decided to release all of their NFL guys that are currently playing in the NFL at the same time BYU released all of their eventual NFL guys. (laughs) Uh, The rivalry is undefeated. That's what's undefeated, man, is it never goes to sleep. It is never, and it's never tired either. There's always someone out there who's ready with something to throw back at the other side. Well, this rivalry
1: is better than ever because of the fact that they're no longer in the same conference and they don't even necessarily play each other every year. We found out that the... Utes are playing Wisconsin in, what, 28 and 33. They released that news earlier this morning, and that's great news. My thing is, Utah, you want to be big, and you are big. Go ahead and play BYU in the same year that you play Wisconsin. Uh, you want to be SC, SC does it. No reason why you can't, and they don't they don't hold a backseat to anybody when it comes to uh, to the NFL and the Pac-12. Yeah, I mean, they're still right there, second or third in the conference, and they didn't have anybody drafted this year because they had all the guys drafted last year, mm-hmm. and then the guys who could have been draft eligible or were draft eligible decided they wanted to come back Yeah, because they didn't really get a season in 2020, and that's great. And for whatever reason, the kids at Utah love being at Utah. Hardly anybody leaves early. There's been a few, Alex Smith, uh, Marcus uh, Williams, and then uh, who was the cornerback? Uh, Jalen Johnson. Johnson. Yeah, I knew was, I was going to say Josh Johnson, but I knew that wasn't yeah. it. Yeah. And uh, he and he called it as a freshman. He told DJ yeah. and I after a practice one day, "I won't play three years. I'm going to get a degree and I'm going go to go the NFL." Tag, way to go, son! Because you called it and you did all three of those uh you started right as a freshman you got your degree and you went to the NFL and you started your first year so the fact that they had nobody drafted I mean they don't they don't need to apologize for anybody they'll have a bunch of guys that's in depending on the position not quarterback but depending on the position they are basically an NFL factory now
0: Mother's Day is May 9th. That's this Sunday. Get the best blanket ever. Also, the best gift ever for Mother's Day. Sandy and her staff, they do it right every year. They're doing it again. For our listeners, helping you get it right for Mother's Day, get 50% off right now when you mention Zone 50 at a store near you or online at minkycouture.com. Promo code ZONE50, 50% off for Mother's Day from Minky Couture. More next here on The Big Show on the other side, right here on The Zone.